Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. everyone welcome to little miss recap my name is amy archer i'm your host and this episode is a little different it's going to sound a little different i sat down with one of my favorite podcasts to collab with and that is psych legal pop and the hosts over there are tess and brooke and tess is a therapist brooke is a lawyer they come to their uh, shows that they cover which are sister wives and other documentaries through the, with those lenses, and I think it's really interesting to hear their perspective on things. So we sat down together, the three of us, and we talked about the Netflix 2024 documentary American Nightmare. So that's the conversation that you'll hear. You can listen to it here, of course, and I hope you are doing that. Or you can scoot over to Psych Legal Pop and hear it on their feed. I do suggest checking them out. They're great. Um, because they're sisters, you know, it lends a a funny dynamic to their banter. And as somebody who had a podcast with my sister, I appreciate that. I also just want to give you some direction here that the person leading the conversation is Tess. So I know you're used to the soft velvety undertones of my raspy voicey mess, but Tess will be leading this conversation and Brooke and I will be chiming in. Finally, I just want to ask that you are aware of certain triggers in this episode. We talk a lot about sexual assault. We talk about rape. We talk about, you know, physical violence, kidnapping. If any of that is upsetting, please feel free to skip this episode. And if you decide to stick around, I hope that we did this carefully and and did it justice. And if you want to, you could jump into our Facebook group, Backdoor Friends. The link is in the show notes and you can discuss it with us in there. All right. Thank you and enjoy the show. So today we are talking about the Netflix documentary, American Nightmare. Um, 
I all I can say is that's all I was thinking throughout this. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. This is an American nightmare. And yeah, pretty much nailed it with that title. <laughs> <laughs> so they did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dive into it. But does anyone have any initial thoughts or feelings? Because well, this this I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to say this happened in our backyard. You yes. Know, we live like 20, 30 minutes from Vallejo. I don't remember this story at all. Neither Ooh. do I. I, I mean, don't remember it at all. Yeah. I mean, they're showing all the Bay Area local TV stations. And I'm like, I don't remember this. Yeah. So a whole new story to me. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't really watch local news. And a lot of it was this local news. And I don't read the SF Chronicle <laughs> because who gets the Chronicle anymore? But um, yeah, I I don't remember this at all, but it seems like it was a huge news story because we yeah. see Anderson Cooper. We see the Today Show. We see, I mean, it was went national. What year so, was this? 2015? 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were in the middle of a nightmare political run. That is true. So, yeah. you know, we're we were distracted. all kind of, yeah, we were all kind of distracted by that nightmare. Um, I don't remember it, but I will say that I am obsessed with California. I want to live there. I'm so jealous that you two do. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like there's the have and the have nots. And I'm not talking money. <laughs> I'm talking about just quality of life. And I was obsessed with this part of California. Can you tell me like where it is? Is it north of L.A.? It's north of L.A., right? Yeah. So it's here in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area. And so, you know, San Francisco is a peninsula, and Mm -hmm. so everything's divided by bays. So North Bay is Marin County, and um, South Bay, which is Silicon Valley, that's where Palo Alto, Mountain View, which are two places that come up. And then Brooke and I, we live in the East Bay um, because our mother's in Berkeley. So, Mm -hmm. And so Vallejo is, it's north of the East Bay, it's sort of northeast Okay. I know it because when we would go to our grandmother's house in Napa, <laughs> we would go through Vallejo. <laughs> through Vallejo yeah. okay. I had is never like, heard of Mare Island, though. That that I like didn't even it, know that existed. Is it like an affluent area? Like, is there money no. there? No. no. Actually, okay. Vallejo proper is very sketchy. Yes. But mm. this place, Mare Island, it's kind of a little enclave. There's like a little bridge that takes you from Vallejo onto Mare Island, which was a former naval base. Okay. And mm. been uh, developed, you know, it's been sold off to private investors and developed. And, you know, you saw okay. they had cute little houses. And I know. I was immediately putting it on my list of retirement communities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Vallejo itself, I mean, I remember my husband and son would drive out there because there's a Dairy Queen. But mm. but they would eat the ice cream in their car because they were like, oh, we're so disturbed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just like, we're scared. So, yeah, Vallejo's not, not to put down anyone from Vallejo, but it's not the most affluent area. I mean, okay. certainly Palo Alto, Mountain View, you know, those areas just with Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not an area that you would think okay. of per se. I think part of my obsession with California is just that I just feel like the sun is there a lot more than it is here. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, in the Pennsylvania weather, and the weather's great. Yeah. Yeah. The weather's not yeah. great. It's like currently like sleet icing out there. <laughs> oh, gosh. So. <laughs> no, the, I mean, listen, that you can't beat the weather even, even when it gets really hot some days and you know, such it's, it's, we're not digging ourselves out of snow and, mm-hmm. um, 
and the politics and and the way of life and what we have here, but it is just annoyingly expensive because yeah. you know, my husband and I together, we make a lot of money and we're like, we're broke. <laughs> I can't even yeah. tell you how poor yeah. we are. Because the sad thing is, in order to as a family, if you're a family of three or four here, if you're not making at least two hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah. it's hard. You know? Yeah, and and that's what really sucks. Well, and that's why to get back to the documentary, like that's why I thought it was an affluent area because these guys just seemed to have really good careers and be a little well mm-hmm. off. So I thought maybe mm-hmm. that was, you know, like we call it in Scranton, the fancy part. You know, we have the uh. Hollywood <laughs> section of Greenwood, Greenridge, which is the fancy part of Scranton. Yeah. Well, and I think that that probably is a desirable area to live, right? Yeah. So I would think that I don't know where she was from Huntington Beach, but I think maybe his family was more local. So, you know, you've got, as we said, we were, we would go up there to go up to Napa and a lot of the areas in around Napa have been developed. There's American Canyon was an area that was, you know, nothing for a long time. And now people are mm-hmm. buying and building. So I, I don't know if he owned that house or not, but you know, if I was like a young person and I have this established job, I, I would think that a, a home on Mare Island would be affordable. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. why a lot of people went there. And there's little pockets of areas that, you okay. know, are, yeah. Now so. that we have the demographics and geography out of the way. <laughs> <Down> <laughs> yeah. All right. So this um, American Nightmare is broken up into three parts. So part one we is called The Boyfriend. We get um, the boyfriend Aaron Quinn's perspective and what's mm-hmm. of what's happening. The second one is called uh, Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Denise Huskins. She is the other victim in this. That's her perspective. And then part three is the others, which is, oh, this guy's done this before. Mm. And hey. <laughs> I want to say that Gone Girl, the novel, is broken up similarly, right? Gosh, I did read it when it came out. I think it's broken I'll... up in three parts like that. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I do wonder, I mean, Gone Girl is a really good book, and I saw the movie sure. as well, but mm-hmm. I do wonder if this author feels like, oh, God, what did I do? Right. You know, like, <laughs> what did I, because- this is not my idea. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, it, it's it's interesting how often I feel like people have said, oh, this is a Gone Girl thing. This is a Gone Girl thing. Well, you know, that I mean, that's been happening that. for ages. Don't forget, mm-hmm. you know, Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger was inspiring people to murder famous people. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's been happening for a long time <laughs> that people just hijack art. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, she also wrote, what was it, Sharp Objects? She wrote a bunch of stuff. Oh, that's that right. Was really that's good. right. Yeah. 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 No, she's a great, she's a great author um but you know when you're in law enforcement you probably shouldn't use media or books or arts (laughs) to tell you where a case is gonna go right right? Right, i mean i think that's like you learn that on day one you let the crime scene speak to you yes you don't direct it yeah so um so yeah we this opens up it's march 23rd 2015 it's 153 in the morning and we hear this 911 call and it's Aaron Quinn calling and saying, someone came into my house, tied tied myself and my girlfriend up. They took my girlfriend, Denise, and, um, you know, I they want a ransom. Help me. And um, we find out that, according to Aaron, you know, they're both asleep and they get woken up in the middle of the night, which hands down, I think, is the scariest thing that could I ever happen I can't even imagine. Them. I cannot no. even imagine that happening. Like, that is just terror in itself. Like... 
when we get to the end, when they're talking about the other women he's done this to, but didn't, you know, go through with the actual crime or whatever, yeah. still being woken up in the middle of the night yes. is completely dramatic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. And how did how did they never never talked about how they how he got in or how they wouldn't have heard him? Or- Probably glass sliding door. It's always the glass mm-hmm. sliding door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder, and I also wonder with places like Mare Island, like, do they lock the doors? Do they, yeah. are they locking every window? Do they have security systems? I mean, I don't know. He was ex-military. I think he probably figured it out. Or all you need to do is like smash a window a little bit. And yeah. I don't know. What was your first so, impression of Aaron? Um. Well, Obviously, from the 911 call, and I think this is why they were a little suspicious, is he seems really mellow, like, hey, what's up? I, you know, <laughs> like I just woke up. Eh. And so, he, yeah. And and obviously, it's from the sedatives on both ends, right? Mm-hmm. The sedatives mm-hmm. play a big part in this and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. how that made people think, like, is this real? Is this really happening? Yeah, so what was your... detached. Yeah, you know? very detached. That's well, let me drag down the quality of your podcast for a second. Did you think he was hot? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're both very attractive. He's cute. Oh, right? I sure. like, he's really cute. Yeah. He's cute. I don't know about hot. That's a strong <laughs> word. Well, but hold on. He was captain of the football team. I mean, this guy, I think, broken a lot of hearts. Oh, Ernie so, Jamie would not like him, though. He oh, has to have yeah. long hair, drug problem, no job. That's, <laughs> But like current day, I would. Yeah. He was very yeah. cute. But no. I just, I, I love the way this is structured because I do feel like I did not believe him mm. at first. I was, mm-hmm. I was seeing it through the eyes of the police. Mm-hmm. I, I admit that I did. And, you know, it turned, obviously. But when we first meet him, I think, wow, he's calm. He's like, you know, I I was suspicious, sketchy. Mm -hmm. I already knew a bit about whether the story was going. And that's honestly the fact that I knew what the ending was, was what got me through it. Okay. (laughs) Knowing (laughs) that there was light at the end of this tunnel. But Brooke, did you know what the story was prior to? Well, no, I mean, I, I never, like I said, I, I don't remember this ever happening, but, um, I had read enough to know that it, mm. it was a hoax, you know, they were being accused of, you know, that it was a hoax and it really wasn't. So I knew that. I knew it was going to end up where it ended up. Yeah. So, um, you know, he tells them this incredible story, which is that they were woken up. There were laser dots pointed at them. He, they were told to lie face down. He was um, tied up with zip ties. They were put... They he put swim goggles on them that were blacked out by duct tape and then put headphones over them where they hear these sounds of wind chimes. So sort of isolating them. And so we can already see that the, the officers are immediately negative asking questions about, you know, did you have wine last night? Did you do drugs? And he's trying to explain to them, well, yeah, I was given this thing to drink. You know, this is what's Mm -hmm. going on. And they took his blood as DNA. They took his clothes and then we meet the person that I hate more in the world. Colonel Matt Mustard. Mustard. Colonel Mustard, Colonel I'm Mustard. calling him. Because he has as much investigative prowess as Colonel Mustard from the yeah. Clue game. Yes. That's it. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and there were so many things that, you know, Aaron talked about that kind of never came up again. Like, uh, and he, initially he was talking like there were two people that came mm-hmm. in and they mm-hmm. were in wetsuits. And as far as I can tell, they only focused on the one 
guy. I don't think there were two I people. I think he, but he was, was saying with... there were more than one, but there it was only him. But I okay, think he was, he was like that. disoriented. But also, the guy he had they. He carried around this uh, blow-up doll. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he brought the blow-up doll in mm-hmm. to make it seem like there was more than one. Yeah, he definitely wanted to give Aaron the impression that there were more than one. And yeah. that could be from, you know, we learn later that that one dad kicked the shit out of him when he was trying to get to his daughter. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe he's now, because we see he's progressing and adjusting his plan as he goes further and further. Mm-hmm. So maybe now he's like, I have to make it seem like there's a bunch of us. So nobody tries yeah. to, right. to do something. Well, and you use the word they, right? They, them, my associates mm-hmm. that, you know, you're so disoriented. What else are yeah. you going to believe? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's so crazy. But yes, we meet Matt with one T, Mustard, the investigator, who says. Can I, I curse? Mean, again, it's. Yes, of course. Fuck you, Matt Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. He didn't do any investigating. Oh, let's just put zero. It, let's put it that way. I mean, the way that he interrogated this guy was ridiculous. It was like, first of all, he tells him, "Well, we're gonna we're treating you as a victim. We mm-hmm. don't think you're a suspect. Um, while you're in a, you're not. He's not free to leave. You know, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. in jail clothes. I guess his clothes were, I don't know, uh, what taken for to evidence. Yeah. yeah, probably. So they put him in jail clothes." He's in one of these interrogation rooms. He's, you know, <laughs> he's being interrogated. Yes. And, you know, there's no, uh, finally at one point he says, well, I, I think I need a lawyer. They, yeah. you know, they don't give him his Miranda rights, nothing. And then Matt gets really pissed off because mm-hmm. he, he just throws a wrench in his, his, mm-hmm. his plan. And he's just, he just sits him down and interrogates, basically tells him you did this. Yes. You know, and, yeah, and, he- and, he Sorry. says, like, we have to make, like, I'm trying to figure out how you're a monster now or something mm-hmm. to that effect. I was like. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to my question about these interrogation techniques that we see over and over again in these shows. Like, this seems to be the one technique that the police have, which is, you did it. You did it. You did. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just like, to, like on the school ground. You. Yeah. you know, yeah. And the person goes, no, I didn't do it. Yes, you did it. And they just keep saying it. Or they do that whole thing where it's, um. Uh, you know, be a good guy here. You know, you're going to shame your family if you don't admit this and tell us what happened. And and obviously, thank God, Aaron's not a 16 year old kid because he was smart enough to know, oh, this is going sideways. But mm-hmm. also you have to think about it, he's still under these sedatives like you can see from the interrogation as time went on, like he got a little bit sharper and sharper and more aware and mm-hmm. more awake and more all of those things. But he's not a big kind of hyper person. Do you know what I mean? No. He's not someone who's going to get in your face and say, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. So that combination of the sedative and his general personality made him seem like he was just like, hey, you know, yeah. this is this. So he he tells them uh, more problems, which is that, you know, they have um, these people have wetsuits. And one of the things that was said was this what Mueller, who we later find out is the um uh, perpetrator that this was meant for Andrea. And we learned yes. that Aaron had an ex fiance named Andrea and things were a little complicated because um, it seems like Denise, Aaron and Andrea all worked at the same hospital. They're all physical therapists. Aaron and Andrea were engaged. They break up. Um, 
Aaron starts dating Denise. But during that time, Aaron has been texting, you know, Andrea, like, hey, maybe we can get back together, like being very wishy-washy. And it just so happened. I mean, the timing's horrible. It just so happened that that night was the night where Denise came over to Aaron's house and they have this conversation. It was like, listen, you, you, you know, what are we doing here? And he says, I love you. I want to be with you. But there, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, oh no. I was just going to say, but now we have this very interesting motive. Yes. This very yes. interesting, like there's some weird thing going on and maybe he's mad. Is he mad? Does he want Denise to be gone so he can focus on Andrea? So it's, they're starting to put together a story. There are two moments in the documentary that were pivotal for me in believing their story and the first one was this i felt like he really came forward with something that would be very incriminating Mm -hmm. for him but he was very forthright with it yeah he's like oh we had four drinks and something like four beers and a martini i was like whoa and then they (laughs) you know he's like she found out i was um you know messaging my ex-girlfriend but then i'm like Where's the camera at that workplace? That's the reality show yeah. we all need. Like, yes. can you imagine oh, yeah. the drama happening in this rehab wing? Oh yeah, no, this is this is good stuff going on here, <laughs> and that's why probably- I think Aaron's kind of a babe, right? Like, I think Aaron's sort of the hottest ticket in the in the you know physical therapy. Um, well, and then they bring they bring Andrea in to be questioned, and yes, she's just kind of like, why am I here? Like, what? You know, and I don't know what they were, I guess they're trying to get something out of her, but there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going down all these dead end, dead end roads. Yes. So the big thing is, is that Aaron was before he called the police, and this is again, something else that made him look very suspect, is they told him the kidnappers uh, call him and say, we want $15,000. And Aaron calls, I guess, his bank or his credit card and saying, how much of an advance can I get? Um, and they fi- he finds out, I can get 3500 He texts that back, hey, I can get 3500 And then he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the kidnappers to come back to him. And they had told him that we have a camera and he sees the camera in his house. We have a camera watching you. And if you go to the police, then we will, you know, we will harm Denise. So he's caught in this bizarre thing of, and finally he's like, well, I'm going to, you know, why wouldn't I call the cops at this point? Why not, you know, go to them? Because his brother's in law enforcement, you know, the cops are your friends. You're, that's where you're supposed to go. Um, and, uh, so, all immediately the media is all over this and we meet Henry Lee who's from the San Francisco Chronicle and he's been on the crime beat for 29 years and he can't um, even get out of his car to get yeah. no he's just like <laughs> I'm so busy just hop in the passenger side yeah. and we'll just talk about it here <laughs> no they never let him out of the car ever <laughs> um we're like we're not going to pay for a place for you to meet so let's just get in the car um and uh we we immediately see very quickly the Vallejo police have their first conference of saying, well, this is what's happened. This is who's been kidnapped. Um, this is what's going on. And uh, so we get, um, I have so many notes, so I don't want to go through everything, but uh, let's see. Oh, so basically we learn a little bit more about the story with the ex fiance, I guess, um, in 2014, Andrea was cheating on him. It wrecked him. Um, so Aaron was in this weird place where he was open to getting back together, but he was very confused. Um, yeah. And so Henry Lee tells us, well, you know what? Everyone thinks that uh, Aaron killed her. 
right? And the body is just going to show up that he, because the comforter was gone, the sheets were gone. So every, mm-hmm. and everyone's mm-hmm. rolls a dead body in a comforter, right? So they thought, okay, Aaron rolled her in a dead body and we're going to find her. And this is how the story is going to end. Oh, yeah. Every, go everybody away. just, there, there was, there was no investigation. Zip, zero. We learned no, that because later. Because I'm wondering like, why is there no, why are they not trying to get DNA out of this apartment? Right. No, they, they took DNA from Aaron, but no. And so. Uh, yeah, and and um, they have Aaron take a lie detector test. Now, this is 4.33 a.m., so he's mm-hmm. been up 24 hours. All of this stuff has happened. He takes a lie detector test by the FBI. They tell him, you failed miserably, mm-hmm. and that's when he was like, I need a lawyer. And yeah, but he didn't fail miserably. Like, no, the results were inconclusive or yes. something. Yep. But to say, this is another thing that's so disturbing about law enforcement and stuff. So... Basically, the police can lie to you as much as they want to. You know, they can, it's not against the law for them to Mm -hmm. lie to you. They could tell you that, you know, they have evidence they don't have. But if you lie to the police, Mm -hmm. um, not so much in state court, but like in, if it's a federal case, you, you lie to federal agents, federal prosecutors, whatever. That is a crime in and of itself. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can go to be sentenced to prison for that separately, you know. Yes. What Martha Stewart went to prison for was just (laughs) lying to, you know. Uh, So it's so unfair, you know, their tactics and the the way that they talk to people who are in custody and treat people who are in custody. It's just painful to watch the way they treated this guy. And what's so frightening about this is if this was maybe if we saw this in 1985, I would be like, oh, wow. Yeah. But this is 2015. Not so long ago. We are I mean, the Bay Area is a pretty, you know, woke place. And here we are still with the same issues over and over again with police lying to lying to suspects, making them think they did something they didn't do. I mean, we have not at all confirmation bias. We have have we not grown at all as a as a country of thinking about things differently? We see this across the world of everything changing. I'm like, why hasn't the police caught up to us here? Because it's it's awful. Well, and part of the problem, too, to speak to what you just said is, you know, in 1975 and 1980 and 1985, this is all they had. They didn't mm-hmm. have the sophisticated DNA stuff they have today to solve these crimes. They like pretty much had to get a confession out of people. Yes. But now, like, why didn't they just go in this house and swap for DNA? Mm-hmm. And they would see unknown male DNA all over the place on the camera, mm-hmm. on the doorknobs, everywhere. Like, I don't, I'm sure he wore gloves, but there's DNA there somewhere. Yeah, they're just surprised why they're still relying on these like archaic techniques for this. They were so lazy. And that comes back to another question I had, which is, okay, I'm the Vallejo police. This guy comes in. Okay, this is a weird story. And this guy seems mellow. Why don't you have two teams? One team that stays with Aaron and try to figure out what's going on there. But you have a second team that goes out and actually investigates the crime and sees if is this possible and tries to find this missing girl. Yes, because if you think her body's somewhere, go find it. No one's even trying to start a search for her. No. They they never, they were literally, yeah, like you said, they're waiting for the dead body to show up somewhere. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. they're not doing anything. They were not trying to find her. I mean, it was disgusting. And then the most disgusting thing is when Matt Mustard says that um, sometimes 
people. Okay. Sometimes no, no, women, I have this. No, I wrote okay. this down. Do it, because, do it word for word. Okay. So we learn that, um, so D- Denise's family is called in, and of course, and so Denise's mother um, meets with Matt Mustard, and her mother is describing this to us, and they're like, is there anything we can, you know, tell us everything you can about Denise? And so she says, I remember that, you know, I told them that Denise had been molested as a child, and Matt Mustard says that often when women are assaulted, they like to then pretend to have it happen again so they can relive the thrill of it. I Where's guess. that shame bell, Amy? Tess. Where's the shame bell? Tess, you're a therapist. Ugh. Is this a common reaction to sexual assault? Um, fuck no, Matt Mustard. <laughs> like, what the hell, fuck dude? you. And again, uh. it's it's hearsay, right? Because it's through Denise's mom. We, we didn't sure. hear these words from sure. Matt. But I feel like Denise's mom probably kept that in the back. You know, I feel like right. as a mom, you really yeah. remember that. No, that is absolutely not true. It is, I've worked with so many women who have been assaulted. And what's really frightening as we learn more about Denise's story and her history in the third mm-hmm. part is, I know. you know, I, I've i worked with a lot of young women in their 20s and I cannot tell you how many of them have had some sort of incident, whether it's a date rape or being roofied or my boyfriend raped me and then, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do. Yep. Um, I mean, story after story after story. And I don't think of any of my clients that any of it was ever reported. Ever. Well, I will tell you, and I talk about this a lot. I was sexually assaulted when mm. I was 13. And mm-hmm. the second part of the pivotal moment for me in this documentary when I believed her, I believed her pretty early on, let's just say that, was when she described disassociating during yes. the rape. And that's yes. something that... If it's happened to you, you understand that, but you also hear that a lot from rape victims. Mm -hmm. So even if you were not a victim yourself, that is a common thing that people talk about, that dissociation. And the minute she said that, I was like, this is real. This is 100% real. It's it's disgusting. This man is disgusting. Colonel Mustard, I hate him. He's on the trash. Yeah, he is definitely Mm -hmm. a problematic historical Mm -hmm. figure. Yes, he um, is. <laughs> I wouldn't dignify him with so a historical. What, I don't know where we put him. He's problematic. He's yes. problematic. Yeah. yeah, very problematic. So, um, thank God. And I will say this is another thing too. Was because they had, um, they were all able. Both Denise and Aaron were able to hire really good attorneys. And this mm, is another yes. thing that I think that is really important. If these two had no family support, no money, had to get a public defender, I don't think that. They'd be I, I wonder where they would be. Because, yeah, because um, they, uh, Aaron's family hires Dan Russo and Amy Morton. I love Amy Morton. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is, he gets woken up. Dan's like, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what's going on. But Denise has been missing for 18 hours. So what what are we doing here? (laughs) Where is she? Yeah. And so poor Aaron thought the police were going to start a manhunt to look for her. And, um, you know, and that's when Amy starts recording conversations because she's like, this is they don't believe him. They don't think that this is right. So um, let's see. So now it's 1224. Denise has now been missing for 31 hours. And Henry Lee gets an email, an audio message from Denise. And the thing is, is that it basically says, you know, hi, I'm Denise Hutchkins. I've been kidnapped. Um, you know, my first my first concert was Blink-182, a plane crash in the Alps. So basically, like, this is who I, this is me. I'm real. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. present day. 
And um, so Henry sends that to the um, to uh, Vallejo Police Department and doesn't hear much back. But Mm-mm. the other thing is, is that because she was sedated as well, she sounds really mellow in this. Like, yeah. hi, this is Denise Hutchins. Yep. So no. So they immediately go, well, she doesn't seem stressed. So she must be lying. Um, and then let's see. So they keep um, they keep grilling uh, Aaron. And this is when it's recorded. Did she scream? You know, is Denise behind this? Um, and at 9.09 a.m. on Two days after the event, Denise's dad gets a message from her and we see this video of her being walking over to her home in her Huntington Beach, home. her yeah. family home in Huntington Beach that Denise has been released. Now, and, this is 400 miles away from yes. Vallejo. And she is just kind of like strolling up to the yes. door. Like there's she's no running. In. There's no, you know. And she has a giant bag of stuff. Yeah, like what had a, stuff that was never explained. She had a backpack and a bag. Yeah. And it's like, what it yeah, what did he take you shopping before he dropped you off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what 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 do you have in because these bags? It's so weird. And I think we later hear from her, I think she was so disoriented and so like, what is happening and where am I? But yes, when you look at that video of her, it does look like she's just do 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 yeah, walking yeah. down the street yep. heading she's home she's got the oversized hoodie on i was looking for the dunkin cup you know it, it just seemed like <laughs> very matter yeah. like very casual and so yeah. i could see why people saw that and we're like hmm so what does the vallejo police do do they i don't know question denise or do any investigating no they hold a police they hold a conference 12 hours after she's been released um, and, and no, no family members talk to them, basically saying that uh, we are very upset. They have taken resources away from Vallejo police and our community. And, um, you know, we're going to investigate this and there may be further. Yeah, further. they basically well, say that they think it's a hoax. The impetus the for that, happened. though, was they tried to talk to her and she wouldn't talk to them at first. But that was because the kidnappers had threatened to release the tape of her. So she mm-hmm. didn't want to talk to them. And then yes. she got the lawyer. So that's what they're seeing. But we yes. know the real reason. Well, and that she's that very scared. Yeah. She's very yeah. scared. And she's then, out of it. She's ugh. So that's the end of part one. And then part two starts, which is Gone Girl. And then is this where we see Nancy Grace? And I'm like, oh, oh fuck you. God. Another the, the one. The sight of her just makes yeah. my skin crawl. How, yeah. how does that woman sleep at night? I mean, she is awful. And, awful. and do any of these, uh, th- this will come later, but I'm just like, do any of these people ever stop and decide like, gosh, I got that wrong. So I'm going to admit that I got it wrong. It's like, no, no. just going to brush it. No, just keep going. Um, so we hear now this is Denise's side and we hear that, you know, it's 5 a.m. They get woken up. Goggles, very similar, very, Stories very similar match story. Exactly, exactly, never change. So she is put in one car and then she's changed into, she's then put into another car, um, which she believes sounds like an old car, like an old Mustang. But the sedatives start um, kicking in. So she, you know, she's out. So she wakes up and she feels like she has, she says it's like, it's light. And then all of a sudden my legs get pull and it's dark again. And the kidnappers say, well, you need, we need to get you ready now. And she's thinking, ready for what? Um, And she hears scrubbing and duct tape. And she hears the kidnapper say, this wasn't meant for you. This was meant for Andrea. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, what the what? 
Um, and he tells her this crazy story that they're black market, you know, kidnap and they kidnap for money. And Aaron has the instructions and uh, and then she passes out again. So um, and and she says, you know, he takes her on these routine bathroom breaks. He tells her about his life. I'm ex-military. I have trouble sleeping. And then finally goes to her and says, we have a problem. Um, you know, they won't believe we're worried that you're going to go to the police. So one of us will have to have sex with you and it's going to be recorded. Um, and if you speak to the police, it will go on the internet. And, uh, you know, this is where she talks about being detached and, and what happened. I love this. We're going to have sex with you. I'm sorry. Is this, no, this is not sex. I can't. I know a lot of these criminals who perpetrate these crimes, there is no logical motive, but like, Mm -hmm. I can't understand what is happening here. Like what, did he just want to rape her and send her back? Like, why did he return? She's very lucky that he returned her. Yes. It could have easily gone another way, but like, and I, I what think is- that if if he had wasn't caught, I think that's where it would, was going. Oh, eventually, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But like, well, yeah, what he's, is he doing? He's yeah. It's almost like he's well, he's obviously very disturbed, but it's almost like he's it's it, he's carrying out a mission. Like mm-hmm. he believes that he needs to do this, and you know, just the way that he you know talks and just all the things that he's doing. It's like, you know, yeah, he's on some military mission or something, and I must do this, and I have to do that. Yeah, I I didn't do a deep dive on him, and I don't know how much information is out there on the internet about him. I mean, it is a very bizarre, bizarre tale, because you see him, and he's kind of like an average-looking white guy, and he went to Harvard Law School, he's ex-military, ex-Marine. You know, you would think someone like this, like, what what happened here? And and this is one of the things where you're – I don't know. I don't know if is it did something he claimed that he had PTSD, PTSD from yeah. from, you know, being in the military, which is very possible. Yes. But I I don't know. I think it's all, I feel like it was all about him being smarter than the police. Yeah. Like I I'm going to create an element of that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to create a situation where I am as protected as possible. You cannot find me. But I'm going to make it, you know, and I'm going to do all these things so that you can't see me and you get confused and you're this and you're that and I can control you by sedatives. But I'm going to make it so weird that people would never believe it. Mm. And I think he also like has this weird, like I think he tells himself that he's a good guy because like later he's like, oh, I don't want to re-traumatize you or I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Like I think he has this weird image of himself. That he's yes. really a good guy, even though he's doing all of this. Yes. That he's a Be- nice criminal. Like he's a nice rapist. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because he talks about the kid when he talks about these kidnappers, his his associates, he's the nice one, right? He's yes. the good cop. Yeah. That's yep. his role in all yep. of this. Yep. So I don't know if something happened during, you know, his time in the military that, you know, created the scenario in his head or he has to keep reliving it over and over again. I I, I don't know. I have I mean, it's it's truly bizarre. Yeah. So um, we're now 28 hours kidnapped and she wakes up the next morning. She hears him cleaning. Um, he tells her, I've lost contact with Aaron. Um, he says his associates are coming and he gives her uh, more sedatives and then tells her they aren't as nice as me. And so that's I think there's that part of it. Like I'm I because so much of right why people do these things is because 
these predators, they, they love fear. They want it. They like that fear in your eyes. They want you to be afraid. They want you to be scared. And I think it's almost this weird thing of like, I want you to be so scared, but I want you to think I'm the best part of like, I'm a good guy and that I'm, you know, this weird kind of love fear thing that he wants from women. I don't know. Like I, like I'm going to save you from this situation that I created. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's forget the I created part. And I'm just going <laughs> to save you from this. So he tells her we need to record a proof of life. He gives her the script. And she says, you know, the sedatives are so strong. She can't talk or think. And then he goes to her again and says, well, you know, um, the kidnapper, the, our, our, my associates don't believe that the first time we had sex was consensual. So now we need to have sex again and I'm going to record it and it needs to look consensual. And this is the moment when she realized like, I can't detach from this. Like I, I'm not going to be able to do this. So Mm -hmm. there's wine. He puts like two glasses of wine, like they're on a date, two glasses (laughs) of wine and these little bottles of booze. And so she drinks everything that she can. And he comes in and he says, Oh, you started without me. Yeah. This is part of his, like, this is not rape narrative. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That he needs to tell himself. And, um, you know, Denise says the line, you're not going to break me. (laughs) You're not going to break me. You know, I will get through this. fucking nails, man. Yes, she is. I would have been sobbing in a corner the entire time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, she's just, she's resolved that she's going to make it out of this alive. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. You know, that's all that counts, really. So we're now, um, 40 hours kidnapped. He then, the the kidnapper shows her a news clip of her father. The father is like, I'm looking, you know, please, you know, come home. Um, and it all starts to feel overwhelming to her. She's like, this is really real. And then he says, it's time to go home. And he puts her again, gives her a sedative, puts her in the car. And he in says, I can't, in the <laughs> trunk, we can't, I can't take you to Vallejo because there's too much police. So I'm going to take you home to Huntington Beach. And uh, he tells her because Aaron went to the police um, you will have to, you know, you will have to speak to the police at some point. So there are two things you can't say. Number one, that I was in the military. <laughs> and number two, you can't say that we had sex. And he tells her, we will always be watching you. If you say something, we'll come after not only you, but your family. And so we see her walking home. Her her family isn't there. Obviously, they're out looking for her. She goes into the neighbors and the police show up. And the first person that um, she talks to, she's too afraid to tell him that, that you know, they, they ask her, have you been assaulted? And she says no, because she's so scared. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, and so then she gets this message about the Vallejo police that they're willing to give her, is it, Brooke, a proffer agreement for immunity? Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, basically, like, you tell us all this stuff and we won't prosecute you. So do, are they still, I'm like, are you still thinking that maybe Aaron did something? Yeah, because why Why would they, if they think this is a hoax between the two of them, which they clearly, that that's what they always thought. They thought, well, it'll be easier to prosecute Aaron maybe because. If she, she looks turns on sim- him. Yeah, she's more sympathetic character. What did, they, what did they think? Like, I just kept racking my brain with why did they think they would pull off this hoax? Like, what would yeah, they, they get what are they out getting, of this? Yeah, what, what are they get, getting out of it? Nothing. Well, but with the Gone Girl, the Gone Girl Association, right, in the book and in the movie, the whole thing was that um, 
that the main character was pissed because she felt like Ben Affleck or the the husband was right, having but an affair ben and wasn't in on it. Like he didn't yes, know. Right. Yes. So yeah. the, yes. the difference here is Aaron is supposedly in on it with her. So what are they getting? I guess that's true. Yeah. Together. What are they getting? Yeah. I don't know. And and again, I think that that's when people can jump to these places of, oh, you know, that of, because unfortunately what happens is, is that the people that do lie, the hoax that do happen, they get publicized so much. Like right. across, right. across the globe, women are being assaulted constantly, but we all focus on that one woman who, you know, lied for whatever the reason is. And I'm not saying that that's okay, but I'm just saying that like, right. I don't know, you know, if 99.999% of the time it's true, then why don't we go with that? Yeah. Let's, you know, let's as opposed go to on that, that presumption. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Wasn't, didn't we just, yeah. Wasn't that what all the Me Too movement and all this was about? I guess this is pre. Oh, this is pre Me Too movement. Yeah. If it's 2015. Yeah. Huh. I said this the other day. I said, like, one or two women lie in a span of, you know, 10 or 15 years. It's publicized. Now, mm-hmm. we can never believe any women. Yes. But, like, men mm-hmm. lie all the time. And it's like, oh. of course the man's right. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, and the other thing, too, I think it was her lawyer was pointing out that, you know, uh, she did then tell them that she was sexually assaulted. And, and the lawyer was saying, you need to go – you need to get a rape kit done, um, yeah. you know, immediately. Yeah. And the police were kind of stalling it, mm-hmm. you know, like they were, uh, you know, time is just ticking by and they're just mm-hmm. like, well, no, we're going to talk to her some more. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know what the, I think the police at that point were just trying to save their ass. They're like, we got to make something out of this. We can't look like total, you know, yeah. Competent we got to save Matt Mustard's uh, credibility here. <laughs> Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna get promoted next month. Uh, so, yes, you know, we don't we don't want this on his record. Mm-mm. Well, so the minute Denise hears about this immunity agreement, she hires an attorney, Doug Rappaport, um, and he tells Who's her a fucking don't, hero. I yes, love him. he is. He he tells her don't talk. You need to get up here to the Bay Area right now. Yep. And what she didn't realize was, you know, while the time that she was kidnapped, all of a sudden she was like, I did not understand that there was a media storm. Like mm. all she was focused on is I got to get home. I got to get home. I got to well, get home. I got to survive. Mm-hmm. And um, and then this is when the media starts going, is Denise a hoaxer? Is she a hoaxer? Is she a hoaxer? Mm-hmm. This um, is where we see Nancy Grace, I think. Oh, yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just wrote that at the top because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck you, Nancy Grace. I'm so sick of you. Jesus. Um, but Doug realizes, Rappaport, the attorney, that the Vallejo police is throwing Denise under the bus. And mm-hmm. she sits down and she tells Doug everything. And he says, I absolutely believe you. And that's where it comes into the when he's saying, please, we need to, um, you know, we need to get her a sexual assault exam right away. This needs to happen. And then we're back to Detective Mustard, um, where he starts, he interrogates her and he starts asking these questions like, why didn't you fight back? Well, why well, didn't you scream? Says, what were you says, wearing? Your pajamas were way too alluring. <laughs> first, he says, I'm really glad that you survived this. Thanks, dude. Thanks. <laughs> really yeah, glad that you no survived No thanks this. to you. Yeah, I was going to say, no thanks to you. <laughs> and we learn after the fact, really no thanks to you because you yeah. could have prevented some things. Could so, you imagine like you're kidnapped, you're being raped, you're being held against your will, and nobody is looking for you? Yeah, mm-hmm. no one's doing a damn thing. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if if he had, if Mueller had killed Denise, 
Mm-hmm. Aaron would have spent the rest of his life in prison for this thing that he, you know, didn't mm-hmm. do. I especially mean, especially Aaron, like you said earlier, especially if he was like a young, poor kid, black yeah. kid. Absolutely, he would have been in prison for the rest of his life. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Hey everyone, stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right. So, um, Rappaport... Which I love. Rappaport very quickly is like, well, they're treating her like trash. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. awful to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he basically says, we cannot have Denise and Aaron talk to each other. They want to see each other, but we have to get these interrogations done. And, um, you know, it's what Denise is saying is the Vallejo Police Department. There's no compassion. There's no they're all business. They, you know, and Rappaport walks out, I think, with someone from the FBI and he's like, listen, what is going on here? Like, why aren't you investigating it? And the FBI guy's like, hey, you heard of Gone Girl? Let me tell you, because this is what we're basing everything on this this book and movie. Winston is like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. When did all these cops watch Gone Girl? I mean, (laughs) are are they all like Ben Affleck? They were in a book. That was the book club. The book club. Yes. In April. Oh, okay. That was the, the Vallejo Police the Department. Yeah. yeah. They had all just read it at their meeting. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm, yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this could really happen. Um, and so they're telling Rappaport's like, they're saying, hey, they're going to, uh, um, they're accusing her of lying to federal officers, which would be, you know, anywhere from a year to 18 months. And she is a lot, you know, she's a liar. Her face is splashed everywhere. She's being victimized yet again. Yep. Um, But then, you know, Aaron and Denise, they finally get to see each other. And she says to him, you know, you don't, you know, you don't need to stay with me because of this. And, you know, all of this stuff. And he's like, you know, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And I thought that was really seeing Aaron's response to this because I, I often wonder, I mean, being female, I don't know. I often wonder what it's like for a man to when you're when your wife or partner is assaulted in that way, like what that's like this, for this you. This broke my heart. Like yeah. she she is saying to him, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, which shows us that she's feeling guilty mm-hmm. for yes. being raped. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. figure that out, which is it's a common reaction, but that's how fucked up rape is, right? Yeah. And second of all, when he couldn't even say the words cuz he's like they told me that she had to go for a rape uh 
they called it a sexual assault response test or something. Mm-hmm. And then he said because she had been raped and he starts crying. And I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, I felt yeah. – my heart just broke for both of them. Yes, yes. Because, you know, in, in our society, right, men are supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be yeah. – um, they're supposed to protect their protectors. And I can't imagine what that's like for the man – obviously what was he supposed to do you know he didn't yeah. know he there was nothing else for him to do there was nothing else for denise to do but it's it's that feeling they both feel guilty they both feel yeah. like i've failed in some way shape or form yeah um and they're both very afraid they don't know if these kidnappers are watching them no one it's is insane. protecting them it's yeah. insane. no one mm-hmm. not one person is protecting they're like them. sleeping on people's and, couches staying at their parents mm-hmm. house could you imagine i would be terrified oh and they can't, they can't go, he's like, we can't go back to work. We don't even know if we'll ever get a job again. You know, these careers, mm-hmm. being a physical therapist is like, you know, it takes so, a lot to get there and get to the other yep. side and yep. a lot of schooling, a lot of work. And so you're finally, and they're all pretty young. So, you know, they're two or three years into this career that they've been working towards and mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's over. You can never mm-hmm. do that again. Um, and so Henry Lee <laughs> from the Chronicle, still in his car. Pulls gets over at e- a red light. <laughs> <laughs> And he gets an email telling him that this is this is we're the kidnappers and mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. like the fact that, um, you know, that they're accusing Denise of this because we did it. And so Henry sends that to the Vallejo Police Repart- Department. No response. OK, I have a question and, about this. Yeah. Henry, when you get no response fucking go there yeah go, go there hire, with the printed go the out next, emails yeah Call or go to somebody. the next higher up somebody yeah do yes. something yeah yeah i know print, very the, strange. print I, the emails in your paper yeah yes do yes something. well and and the thing is is that is it is it because he didn't want to upset the vallejo police department because i would think that as a crime beat right you need to have good relationships with police sure. departments mm-hmm. you need to be yeah. so maybe he's like oh god you know this is this weird thing where you know, and and obviously, because we learned from Henry, he's been doing this for almost 30 years, that this has never happened before. So I think in his, I don't know, I can think in his mind that he might have thought, oh, they'll respond, they'll respond. Oh, okay, you know, do yeah. I, what do I do? I, I don't know. I don't know. I would at well, least do a- like a follow up of here they are, hand them to a physical person. Mm-hmm. So they're not in a spam folder somewhere. Well, like, I would think it, they were in a spam folder. Yeah, it, it went to him. He's a journalist. You know, he's sharing it with the police because, you know, he wants to help the, with the investigation. But he should have just written about it. Yeah. Why, yeah. why didn't he just write about it and I say, I've turned this over to the police and haven't heard anything since. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he, he could have exposed them for all of this. Yes. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Henry also, I, I mean, anybody in the media, I they are also at fault at this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I will many feelings about that so henry um henry keeps getting emails and they're telling him we are three acquaintances two college graduates (laughs) one didn't finish (laughs) (laughs) but i love this this is all being made up by this guy and it's like i'm gonna make two college graduates and this one went to a trade school And um, we want in 24 hours, we want an apology for Denise and Aaron because they mm-hmm. didn't do it. We did. Mm-hmm. And that it's goes right weird. into part three, the others. <sighs> now, did the, real, the real heroes that? in part three. The real yes, the true. Per- yes, yes. Yes. Sorry, Brooke. Go ahead. What were you oh, saying? I was going to say, did Henry Lee share that with the police? The 
I don't know. I don't remember. Did he's he? too no. busy. He's at the the he's in his Jack car. In the box drive-through. He doesn't know. <laughs> right. He doesn't have time he's for got this. a de- he's got a deadline. He's got a <laughs> he's got some other crime beat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we now are taken to June fifth, twenty fifteen. It's ten weeks after Denise is released, and this is Dublin, which is forty miles away. So Dublin is also in the East Bay. It's about forty miles. Um. So Dublin's like east of. Pleasanton. Ple- it's 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 uh, but it's east of Berkeley, Oakland. Yeah, right. It's directly okay. east, so it's okay. sort of southeast from Blair. Yeah, suburbs. but it's also again a suburb of that's you know I mean again now ho- housing prices out there are ridiculous, but it's like it's people- affluent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it has built, but you know, it's it's a bit of a mix because a lot of people have been out there for a long I'm gonna time. I'm going to need your advice when I do my retirement move to California on like, what can a broke writer afford? <laughs> like, is there a house I can buy in California for $50,000? We'll, we'll start that. Um, no. No. <laughs> I might just be in a tent in your backyard. Who knows? Like Janelle style, I'll be in the TP. Yeah, <laughs> in the, the RV. Team or a TP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we learn about, we hear another 911 call. We hear, hear about a home invasion um, robbery. A woman calls saying that her daughter is being kidnapped and the husband is fighting him off. Okay, and- this is fantastic because yeah. in my mind, I'm picturing this, God forbid, happening in my home, right? Mm-hmm. Timmy's beating the shit out of the, the rapist, burglar, whatever. And I'm just standing there. Like, oh, oh, he just took a punch. Oh, my God. Now he's bleeding all over the place. Get in there and help your husband beat the shit out of this guy. It was kind of funny. I just didn't know what the mother was doing. Yeah, but the dad also a hero protecting his daughter. Yep. But yep. And his daughter, I want to say, is she's a young adult. She's about 22, she's 22. right? Yeah. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out her age based on the bedroom. Because like, the seems bedroom very young. looked like a 12-year-old. I yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There might be something more going on there. But um, And we're introduced to Sergeant Chris Shepard. And the Dublin Police Department that somehow knows how to do their jobs. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they should go over to Vallejo and explain to them exactly how this policing thing works. Yeah, Matt Mustard um, needs a retraining, I would say. Uh, at the very minimum. Yeah. Yeah. No, Colonel Mustard needs to be taken <laughs> out back and beaten senselessly. Mm-hmm. He and needs to be murdered I in the pl- library with the rope. Oh, I didn't say that. Yes. I didn't say that. <laughs> no one needs to no, be that's, murdered. But that's too good. That's too mm-hmm. good for him. Mm-hmm. I want to put him where that guy from uh, Twin Flames is going to go, Jeff. Into yes. my slapping farm yes. where you can go and you can yes. pay to slap mm-hmm. people that you mm-hmm. cannot stand. And they just have to take it. Not punching, but just I like whacking that. them it's a little bit. It's an alternative to like the smash room. You yes. just go in and slap yes. people around. I like People that, that deserve it. Is so Cody in Matt, there? Is Cody in there? Probably. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the line's out the door for that one. Right, right. Yeah. He's the most popular one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so they find and they find zip ties, duct tape. Um, and the big thing that he does, <laughs> which is wow. the most boneheaded move, but what really, I mean, in many ways, one of the things that helped them tremendously is he leaves his phone. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. So the, the daughter who's almost kidnapped is like, hey, he left his phone right here. So they take the phone. They um, go to the subscriber information and call the person and say, hi. You know, do you know whose phone this is? And the woman's like, yes, I do. That's my son. Mm -hmm. It's his phone. And they go, great. Where is he? He is up in South Lake Tahoe. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to jump in with the pro tip. If you're a Uh parent and a cop calls your phone is like, (laughs) is whose phone is this? My kid's phone. They're calling from your kid's phone. Where are they? Just, you might want to not say anything. You might want to be like, why you ask it? Yeah. 
She gave them the address. I mean, <laughs> thank God she did. Address. But like, yes, that could have gone a variety of ways. Yes. 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 Yeah. So we learn this is Matthew Muller. He's a former Marine, Harvard Law grad. And he has been, they learn, they start typing in some information that he's been a suspect in sexual batteries and attempted rapes in the past. Oh. So, so would DNA have matched? Like, is his DNA in the system because he's been a suspect? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Well, if he was never prosecuted, you know, like, if you. You Sometimes have to they can ask you, though, right? If you well, wanna... the, you have to get you have to get prosecuted and be on that national, you know, sex offender registry for them to get your DNA. Okay. So he was just a suspect, mm. so and um, probably not in the system. Yes, and this is where we meet the the, the hero be, beyond Denise and Aaron, the true true hero, and which gives me faith in law enforcement, mm-hmm. Sergeant Misty, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce her name. It's Karusu, C-A-R-A-U-S-U. You deserve to have your name spelled out. Um, of course, it takes a woman. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. It takes a woman yes, to it does. crop this case. So Sergeant Misty, she is, she's like, oh, this will be my first case as a detective. So Chris Shepard says, let's come along. He's there. Um, and so we see the the body cam video of them going into the cabin. That was um, wild. And he's, and he's there. And um, she says, you know, when they arrest him, there's no emotions. He's quiet, composed. But the house is a mess. It's a stale smell. They're searching for things. They find more zip ties and duct tape and a toy gun Mm -hmm. that was painted black that had a laser attached to it. And Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that when Henry Lee was getting all these messages from the kidnappers, they were sending photos. And one of the photos that they said was a gun with a laser on it. And they're like, huh. This is Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, what's this all about? And so she says she's there and she's like, the windows are covered. And she just felt like there was more to all of this. Like something else has happened here. It was intuition. It It was like a woman's intuition. Like Mm -hmm. something bad went down here. Yep. And they find NyQuil. They find a syringe. And they find a stolen white Mustang. Um, And they go into the GPS and it's all these different places. And they also find the blow up doll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the torso i was like is he using that to get in the carpool lane because he's driving a lot <laughs> probably yeah, i don't true. know what he's doing yeah because i mean yeah that's it's a haul from huntington beach mm-hmm. to the bay area and back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um maybe um so and then they find also a pair of goggles with duct tape and and in that in that pair of goggles she finds a single strand of blonde hair and she's like what is this who is what are the, what are the odds a that yeah. she would spot that Mm-hmm. And B, that she would just be so, you know, hell bent on figuring out who that belongs to. Yeah. Yes. Because she knows whoever that hair belongs to, it's that's a victim. Yes. Yeah. So, and then we, we go back, we hear a little bit about where Denise is at with this. You know, she's lost. She's worried the kidnappers are going to come. She's also worried that she might be arrested herself. So if you can imagine what this is like, you know, you've gone through this horrendously traumatic thing, but but you cannot settle down into your life because you you may be imprisoned or you may be killed again or kidnapped again. Like, I mean, and she would go online to Facebook and people were writing the nasty, you phony fucking okay, bitch, you people this, you that. are trash. This they really are. enraged me. Like, just. Again, you don't have to troll people. Do you know how much I hate Cody Brown? Do you know how much hatred Mm -hmm. for Cody Brown is in my body at any given moment? I never once have felt the urge to say it to him. 
Yes. Like, yes. Just bury that anger. Come on. Just push it down. Shove it down. You don't need to say it to people. <laughs> and Go that's to the slap that... room. Slap some things. Yeah. I mean, but I just feel like this is, and this is, I think, what's happened in the world that we live in today where we have this platform with social media and everyone feels like my opinion is important. Yes, like what I, I have to say is important mm-hmm. and I get a voice in all of this. Now, yep. again, we're, you know, we're on a podcast sharing our opinions. I mean, I'm <laughs> very aware of that, but I'm absolutely with you, which is the same thing. Like if I'm going to review a podcast, I'm only going to give good reviews. If I didn't right. like the podcast, I'm not going to review it that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just move on in my life. Yeah. Or it, unless I have something constructive to say or something that I think might be helpful to the person in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form, even then I don't even think I do it. Mm-hmm. it it's just, it's un believable that we have yet again convicted this woman and we still don't even know what all the facts are. Mm-mm. We do not nope. know what all the facts are. Nope. And I think the media plays a big part in this. And I, and this is what really bothers me is what's the responsibility of the media yeah. in all of this? Like, because is this truly they fair? Labeled the, they yeah. labeled this whole thing as the gone girl. So every one of those news clips, they're like mm-hmm. gone girl, the gone girl case. They did that. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't just the police saying that. Yes. So, and that's the thing is, is that if they had, if they had um, covered this accurately, it would have been, she's been returned. They're investigating. We'll get back to you. Yes. But they wouldn't, you know, they assumed all these things. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and then they also learn that the FBI agent that we meet earlier, David Sesma used to date Andrea. Oh, oh my God. Come on. And, yeah. um, Rappaport is enraged. He writes a letter to the inspector general who, what, who is the, sorry, who is the inspector general anyway, Brooke? <laughs> Brooke? Uh, well, uh, the Inspector General of the United States? Well, he says, I write a letter to the Inspector General telling them this probably. is a problem. This well, is a Sess- problem. He should not be yeah. on this case. Well, and Sussman- they tell him, we don't see it as, a, as an issue. Sussman is in the FBI, so it's mm. like like the overseer of his know, boss, basically? The, all, yeah, like all yeah. the FBI okay. agents. Yeah. And so he starts to go, oh my God, they don't, they don't care. Is this why evidence is being ignored? Are, is this why they're looking at Aaron and Denise? Like, w- did Sesma and Andrea put this all together? What is going on? So Misty, our hero, she gets back to the station and she's just like, I cannot leave this blonde hair thing alone. I can't do it. So she starts investigating Mueller and she um, sees that he's a person of interest in a lot of different incidents. Mm-hmm. The first one being 2009 in Palo Alto. And we hear the story of this 32-year-old woman gets woken up. He forces her to drink NyQuil, uh, puts surgical tape over her eyes, and he tells her that she's going to be raped. But then he changed his mind. No, no, wait, sorry. She says, he says, I'm going to assault you. She says, um, I've been raped before. Mm-hmm. Please don't do this. And he then yeah. changes his mind and leaves. And then three weeks earlier. Um, but she has brown hair. That's so yes. right. She yes. right, wasn't wasn't from that. Yeah. Um. So what is this? Three weeks earlier, they stopped by Palo Alto police. Couldn't find to his case. No goggles. 
Oh, oh. So Misty also went to the Palo Alto police, but she also could not find anything about the blonde hair. So we learned about Misty that prior to, prior to becoming a police officer, her girlfriend was sexually assaulted. And this is why she became a cop. So mm-hmm. she wanted to be the voice of victims. So she starts working after hours, you know, and getting more and more drawn into this case. And she learns also in 2009 in Mountain View, which is Mountain View's farther south than than Palo Alto, that this woman, Tracy, again, gets woken up, same story, zip ties, drink something sleepy. And he says, bad news, I'm going to have to rape you. And she begs him not to do it. And he sighs and he says, I can't do this. Uh, I know this is going to mess you up for a while. You you might want to get a dog. Yeah. That's his, that's his parting words to this Uh, woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so she goes to the police and says, this thing happened to her. And the officer says, are you sure you didn't have a bad dream? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then they went to her boyfriend because she was in a relationship at the time. And they mm-hmm. said, is she an attention seeker? An attention seeker. Is she an mm-hmm. attention seeker? The police wouldn't take this seriously because, again, it's very outlandish. Um, and then oh God, we hear this whole thing about Denise. I mean, just awful. She recounts just how she was sexually assaulted when she was 12. She blamed herself. She was ashamed. She later found out that the same person molested someone else. So she felt a lot of guilt. Then at 19, it happens again. She's with a group of friends, falls asleep on the couch, wakes up with a man touching her. She then decides, I'm going to go to the police this time. I'm going to report it. And then she goes to an officer says, well, mm, you know, it's kind of a he said, she said thing. So, nah. and he talks her out of it. I mean, as Gen Xers, this is yes. the culture we grew up in. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were we were taught that a rape was always going to be a he said, she said. Mm-hmm. That's yes. disgusting. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and if you don't have bruises and marks all over your place, right. and if you, do, if you don't right. find, you know, if you don't fight back, then mm-hmm. you wanted it in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Um, so this is where Denise says, what needs to happen to any woman to be believed? I thought that was a powerful line. She said, yeah, "Yeah, Mm -hmm. like what needs to happen to me? Everything's Mm -hmm. happened to me. Yeah. Maybe when I'm dead. She literally was taken, her body was taken out of her home and violated and they still don't believe her. So Misty says, okay, well, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm looking back into his past. Let me see about this white Mustang, the one he, she stole. It was stolen in Vallejo. And she's like, Okay, she goes to she calls the owner and she says, hey, this has been involved in a home invasion. Um, And and then (laughs) this is another hero of this. The owner of the car goes, hey, have you ever heard of the Mare Island Creeper? She's like, huh? So apparently back in 2014, a bunch of students were being harassed by a man who was looking in the windows on Mare Island and taking pictures of girls. Again, cops aren't doing anything about it. So the group, they take the matters into their own hands. And one of them, a couple of them follow this guy home and they figure out where he lives and that they, these kids figure out he's, he lives on Mare Island and he's an ex-military and he's a lawyer. And she realizes like, oh my God, the Mare Island creeper is Matthew Muller. And, but again, the police never followed up on any of these leads. These kids took these things and matters into their own hands, gave the police all this information didn't bother looking it up this is why you know we have a saying over on my podcast like ladies of a certain age we're just chilling on our couch solving murders this is why we need to learn to solve our own murders mm-hmm. yes because the cops aren't doing it the, the right. this specific police department isn't doing it i'm sure there are plenty <sighs> of good cops out there doing it but these yeah. people are not colonel mustard piece of trash 
Yes. Um, so in March of 2015, the creeping stops. Interesting, because that's about the time where this incident, the the kidnapping mm-hmm. of Denise happens. And um, the the owner of the Mustang says, yeah, this the creeping stopped in 2015, right around the time of the Gone Girl thing. And she's like, what? What Gone Girl? And so, again, this is, and we saw this with the, um, who am I thinking of? Um, the California killer. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I'll be gone the in the dark. Stalker? Oh, no, the Golden I'll be, State Parkway. Golden State Killer. Yeah. Yeah, Golden the State Golden State Killer, the same Golden thing. State Parkway he, roadside killer. <laughs> because he he was up and down California committing yes. horrendous crimes, killing people, mm-hmm. raping women, and they could not tie him to anything. Right. Um, and so this is another example of these, you know, in Dublin, they, you know, Dublin Vallejo aren't, 40 miles isn't that far away. And the mm-hmm. Bay Area is big and it's sprawling. But the fact that she had never heard of or, do, uh, you know, at all the Gone Girl case um, I truly believe so she, they need to do like they need to hire one person who like every week calls the surrounding police departments and tells them about cases they're stumped with or mm-hmm. that are happening to see if there's any similarity. Yeah, that's the only way. Well, we're and that's the thing. Well, and I, it was all over the news. I mean, I'm surprised I that she didn't I know. see it on the news, but neither did we. So I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, so. Misty hadn't heard of him, but again, she reads about this. Oh my God, there's goggles. Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. Huntington mm-hmm. Beach is in the in the oh my gosh, Huntington Beach is in the, his in the car. GPS. And you know, the long blonde hair. And she looks and she sees Denise. Oh my God, she has blonde hair. So what does Misty do? She calls the Vallejo police department and gets no answer. And this is the part that's so bizarre. Is she just calls and calls and calls and calls and calls? And does that mean that they don't ever pick up? I know. I know. This is, I was a little or unclear on this. Or is it a situation where they're like, oh, dete- Colonel Mustard's busy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he can't mm-hmm. come to the phone. Like, they get in your car and go down there. Yeah. So then she th- she finally gets someone after calling and calling and calling. And they say, okay, well, the case has been turned over to the FBI to our friend David Sesma, who really, you know, yeah. great FBI agent. Um, and so she calls David Sesma and she, she says, hey, I have all this information. I want to tell you about it. And he says, well, we'll take a look at it. Mm. And um, and she's like, wait a second. What is happening? You know, what? Wh- you're not doing anything. And at the same time, you know, the Dublin police, they're pursuing their case of this home invasion. Mm-hmm. And they meet with the FBI about their case. And they see this gun with the laser. And they're like, oh, my God, this is what's sent to the SF Chronicle. This is it. And um, they finally, the FBI finally realizes, oh, my God, we were wrong. Yeah. Now. um, And so Doug, so Doug gets a call, Doug Rappaport, he gets a call that the U.S. attorney calls him and says a man is in custody connected to Denise and Aaron's case. And, um, you know, we learn a little bit about him, that he's bipolar, Gulf War illness. He was an immigration attorney that got disbarred. We don't know exactly. Mm And then Rappaport, he gets the affidavit of the case, which outlines what the police have done in their investigation. Mm-hmm. And he said they never investigated the kidnapping. They no. never did anything. They, they find could out have that- at least dusted for fingerprints yeah. in the house. Or I, oh, anything. Oh, hold on. We're going to learn what they could have, the bare minimum of what they could have <sighs> okay. done, right. which is the, we find out Aaron's lie detector. He It was inconclusive. Yeah. Um, they said, they also said in the report that there was no evidence of non-consensual sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, um, what we learn is when Aaron was in the police, uh, station in the beginning of all of this, 
he told them, hey, the kidnappers, they're going to call me on my phone. They're going to call me and give me information about Denise on my phone. They put it on airplane mode. Unbelievable. They put it on airplane mode. And then it turns out that they didn't turn it on ever. They never turned it on. They didn't turn it on at once. Not one person looked at that phone. They found two missed calls, two missed calls. They could have easily traced that and traced it within 200 meters of the cabin from South Lake Tahoe where Denise was being held. Yep. That's the bare minimum of what they had to do was leave a phone on and Mm -hmm. trace a call. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yep. So, um, and if they had monitored the phone, they could have saved Denise from the second rape. Yeah. Oh, this is so, it's so sick to my stomach. I mean, it's so, so bizarre. This was the part that was like, oh, so here's this press conference. And Aaron and Denise, they're very silent. They're stoic, silent. And Rappaport speaks for them and basically clears everything up, clears, clears everything up and tells them the story. Here's my question. If I was Denise in that moment, I would want to get on those things. And I would be like, every single one of you needs to, I want, what's the apology from you, Henry Lee? What's the apology? Like, yep. I would just yep. want. I would yeah, be like I want a you total each, crazy yeah. person back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want I want you all to eat your words right yep. now. And the fact that she just stood there and was just stoic, I would at least be giving them all the evil eye or something. A hundred percent. I'd be screaming, uh, Nancy Grace, come <laughs> get me, come get me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. But um, so in March in 2017, Mueller is being sentenced and Denise says that she faces him. And she says, that's the moment in which I took my life back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mueller got 40 years in prison. He was not charged with the Palo Alto or Mountain F- View or the Peeping Tom and Mare Island. And so the one thing that got me through all of this, because I knew this had a happy ending, was that um, that there was some happy endings. So yeah. the first one is in 2016, Denise and Aaron, they sue the city of Vallejo for defamation and get and settle for $2.5 million. I'm like, oh, my God, they deserve... 20 million they deserve Mm -hmm. 10 times that and Mm -hmm. again they have to pay taxes on it you got to pay the attorneys i mean Mm -hmm. that's i mean you're basically clearing a little over a million dollars no i'm sorry you destroyed these people's lives Mm -hmm. i mean you destroyed these people people's lives and the fact that she was not murdered was just luck it wasn't due to you yeah but this guy Mueller, i don't think he's really a murderer i mean i think he would have already killed someone i think he, he just he gets off on this whole kidnap rape thing mm-hmm. and deciding well Maybe. i'm gonna give you a break i'm gonna give you a break i'm not gonna rape you you know but but i'll rape this person i mean yeah i i don't know if he's really a an actual killer he's just yeah. sick Maybe he would have eventually gotten there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or maybe something. Someone would have saw, seen his face, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh God, I got to kill her now." Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, he obviously spent a lot of time and energy thinking through all these things, and he is. Very, I mean, listen, he did go to Harvard. He is clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got to mm-hmm. give him some credit with some of these things. Like, yeah, I mean, the fact that they were sedated, the fact you know, all of these things yeah. helped play into that. So we learn a little fact about another piece of shit named. Um, the chief of police in Vallejo, Andrew Didow, mm-hmm. I don't fucking mm-hmm. care, you Andrew, that we learned during the civil case that it came out about Andrew that before the national press conference, before um, when the officer Park came out and said that Aaron and Denise were liars, that the Andrew, the chief of police, told Park to burn that bitch. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're at. 
you fucking piece of shit. Yep. Uh, he I denies he says it. I 100% believe that. I 100% believe that. Yeah. And yeah. of course, he denies it. So it's a little bit like, <laughs> I just. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we then, this infuriated me. We learned that none of the officers involved were disciplined. Nope. Matt Mustard was awarded Officer of the Year 2015. This all happened in the same year. 2015, yeah. at the end of that year, this is the best you've got? Is yeah, Matt Mustard? The guy who couldn't who couldn't be bothered to to solve this crime. Yeah. I need eyes on so Matt settled- Mustard now. Is he still there? Yes. If so the people of Vallejo are in danger. Mm-hmm. Well, and but the other thing is they sued for defamation, but could they sue for other things? I feel like sue they're suing the city of Vallejo, which is the police department, right? But you I guess you can't sue the media. It's right of free speech. I mean, I what guess. I don't know. It's just like this is it? I don't know. The 2.5 million was not enough for me at all. And right. that really upset me. Like they need to be in a huge house right now. Yeah. Like and spitting on Matt Mustard, you know, any chance <laughs> on his they picture get. every day. Yeah. So at the end of 2017, Misty wanted to meet Aaron and Denise and they called her a hero, which she is. And Denise, I mean, and Misty gets so so emotional throughout it. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. And then at the end, we see that they end up getting married. They move to the coast. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know what coast that is. And in March of 2020, they had a daughter, Olivia. And now they have another little baby named Naomi. And we end this by saying that Aaron hopes that his two daughters grow up to be just like their mom, just as strong and capable and amazing as their mother. I was and- sobbing, sobbing <laughs> like bed shaking when I saw that part. Oh, my God. And uh, that is an American a, nightmare. Welcome to being a female in yeah. this country. Hello. Any man that's out here listening and listening to this, if you want to know mm-hmm. what it's like to be a woman, this mm-hmm. is it. And this is why women don't report things. This is why mm-hmm. people end up in prison that shouldn't be shouldn't be in prison. This is why our system is broken. And I'm sorry, we all have biases. If you have a brain, you have bias. We all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. And why? Why has I would love to see something about like the Vallejo de- Police Department is reconfigured their entire thing. They're getting mm-hmm. bias training. They're doing this. They're doing mm-hmm. that. It's like, what lesson have you learned from any of this? It feels like nothing. No lesson. So, well, and also, you know, this story was so bizarre. <clears throat> it really struck me that like, God, stuff like this happens. And, and the only reason we know about it is because it was like a blonde white woman who it yes. has to mm-hmm. like weird stuff like this happens to women all the time women just kind of disappear all the time mm-hmm. um yeah. we don't hear about it we don't know about it and you know it's kind this of this has interesting. been happening it's, in indigenous communities for yes. decades oh I mean, yeah just, Pe- women are disappearing just, they mm-hmm. disappear yep and when it happens to a white woman it might get some attention or things go off the rails in the wrong direction. Like I kept, I kept thinking about the Scott Peterson case because you know this mm. he's back in the news mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because um, you know the Innocence Project, <laughs> who is you know very uh, reputable <clears throat> organization, has taken his case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've kind of obsessively been like looking at you know there really are a lot of ult alternate theories and it was completely circumstantial case absolutely mm-hmm. no physical evidence DNA no physical evidence, evidence, nothing yeah. tying tying them i mean so yeah like the things just go sideways like all the time well and and it's the media it's the same yeah. thing the media gets a hold of things and then i mean Scott Peterson, listen, I don't know if he did it or not. I have no idea. I do think he was a piece of shit husband. We all know that. I like right? nine, but, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. 98% positive he did it. 
And maybe, <laughs> but there is also that 2%, right? And the problem yeah, sure. is, and maybe this is why the Innocence Project has taken this on, is he did not get a fair trial. No. He didn't get a fair trial. He didn't he get a fair trial. I agree with He that. was tried in the media just like these people mm-hmm. were, were tried in the media. You know, the media put out the narrative that this is a hoax. Yeah. And just went with it. But I don't and, know if you could put the genie back in the bottle there. Like, how are we ever going to not be tried in the media? When something like this happens. Well, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, there's a part of me that kind of feels like it's 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 a response. I mean, part of it is because we have 24 hour news cycles and there's got it. There's so much of it has mm-hmm. been, you know, news used to be Dan Rather, you know, yeah. Walter yep. Cronkite, like yep. kind of like this is what's happening. And there were a couple channels. I mean, this is this is the thing. Opinion is, is passes that, for news now. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's got to mm-hmm. be salacious. You got to keep people's eyes on, you know, so they don't switch the channel. And yeah, it's it's uh, wild. Yeah, I always feel like some of the major problems facing this country, we always have to litigate our way out of. And mm-hmm. I think this might be one of them. Like people need to start suing these fucking yes. media outlets that are doing mm-hmm. this stuff mm-hmm. and find some way to do it. Like, yes, there's freedom of speech, but you can't be on television slandering somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the big argument with freedom of speech, right, is always you can't is it, you cannot yell fire, fire in a crowded in a, right, theater, crowded theater. Mm-hmm. And if there is no fire. So right. um, that's the problem. And these Nancy Grace and all of these other god-awful people are yelling fire constantly right. and fire, 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 fire. And then it turns out she's innocent and there's no like, oops, or well, sorry. Yeah. Or did we, they ever get an apology from anybody? I would oh, really want an apology. No. I would I want it. like, you need to say this to me. Because yeah. I personally... I'm a very truthful person. I'm a rule follower. And the fact that someone would accuse me of not following the rules, of not being an ethical person, that would get under my skin more than anything. Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, especially if it's your view of how you see yourself in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, <sighs> you know, and th- they did sue for defamation and we do have defamation laws. And, you know, the the ex-president just got, you know, uh, li- was found liable again for defamation. I mean, yeah, you can't just go around saying whatever you want to say with no mm-hmm. basis in mm-hmm. fact or reality, especially if you're a law enforcement agency, you know, why are they doing these press conferences? They have no obligation to talk to the media. Yeah. Why don't you investigate this first, find out, you know, what you think occurred, then maybe you can um, hold a press conference. To, but you know, I feel like that's something that they can regulate, right? Like yeah. there could be a law that says, you can't speak publicly about a case for 72 hours or, you know, a week Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like we can build better checks and balances into Mm -hmm. our police departments. Yes. Like, yes, we don't, there's such a, a, like a tribe mentality in these police departments and you Mm -hmm. need to have that one dissenting voice. So can we somehow build that in? Do you know what I mean? Almost like a, like a thesis panel. (laughs) Like I'm going to run this thesis past you guys. Yeah. And then your job is to like, punch holes in it or something there's no critical thinking there's just a tribe mentality it's weird right yeah well and um this is also what happened in the Stephen avery brandon dassey case remember with brandon dassey i mean the Stephen avery thing that's another case that we we were talking about covering because there's been more coming out about it yeah there's a new documentary about it yeah and so brandon dassey was (laughs) you know i mean that one guy what's his face with a high voice like this Yep. What was his name? I forget. <clears throat> that prosecutor. 
<laughs> he just came out and told the whole story to everyone with no corrupt with no evidence. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. a tale that a kid said that that he was coaxed into saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's. Did you it's see what was that murder in Boston? Did you see that? No, we that was something Very else we were thinking about covering. Very oh, really? Similar. Yep, yep. It, rich white dude, well, wealthy white dude. Um, you know, the story is that he's in this scary black neighborhood and somebody robs him and his pregnant wife and it was not that at all and mm-hmm. but the cops thought it was that and they terrorized the black community over it yeah. and it's it's real bad and the way that they set up that documentary is really great because the whole first episode is like the the history of racism within the boston police department and city government mm-hmm. and then you see that come into play in episode two and then the resolution is three it's really good i recommend it yeah, yeah. we're gonna watch that yeah yeah, yeah. it's good I don't know. I mean, this is just. Uh, We've said it all. We've said it we all. We've said it all. And I'm so. <laughs> Left I'm it so all on the angry field. and frustrated about all of this. It just pisses me off. But if we can say anything, believe women. Yes. Believe women yeah. when we say things to you that we're not making this up. We're not attention yeah. seekers. Nobody wants this. Um, and, and police fuck you, police department. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck you, your, Vallejo Police Department. Do your job. It's like, God. Fuck you, Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Laziness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Misty, you're a hero. I don't know why you're not on a plaque somewhere. You're not on our money. (laughs) She needs a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She does. Misty deserves a hell of a lot more than what she what she got because she really did. She if it was not for her, I don't know where we would be. That was her first case. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. God, she's probably out there kicking ass. Hopefully, she's been promoted and. Yeah. Let's hope. I mean, that's the thing. This is her first case. This is Mustard's 90 millionth case. And Mm -hmm. somehow she can figure it out better than you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, oh, Lord. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Again, check out Psych Legal Pop. They do some great work over there. Thank you to Tess and Brooke for having me on for, for doing this collab. We had so much fun. And if you haven't already, guys, check out our Little Miss Recap Extra feed. It's a great way to support the show. You get a ton of bonus content, plus everything ad-free. Also, tomorrow, February 1st, our merch store launches. So I'll be putting the link in the show notes, hopefully. It's on Public. It's Little Miss Recap merch. And you'll have some awesome stuff to choose from. Thank you, as always, for supporting us. And we'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. 
They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.